I was tempted, really, really tempted, knowing that we had the Arabic fellowship joining us to do a sermon or a talk or whatever you call it based on Jesus escaping to Egypt. Because I thought, well, I know there's a good proportion of the congregation that are from Egypt or have got connections to Egypt. I might, may just touch on Egypt. But that's, I couldn't make up a whole sermon just based on, on that, just to kind of please our guests. But I was reading through this story, and probably for most of you, the story of Jesus' birth is somewhat familiar. You probably know a few added extras that aren't in the Bible that we've come to think are there and part of the story where people have imagined it or perhaps thought about the stable. Well, it was obviously like an English stable. Therefore, there will have been cows um, in there and there will have been straw and hay and things. Um, and when, when we think about the inns and um, Jesus' parents going from door to door to these inns, we perhaps got images of like Travel Lodge um, or something like that, maybe the Premier Inn. Um, maybe you're thinking they tried somewhere fancy, like the Hilton, no space there, and so on and so forth. It wasn't like that. You see, and now I've got to be careful, because if I mention anything that's cultural, there are people that might have a better understanding, because maybe they're from somewhere nearby. But they wouldn't have just, Mary and Joseph wouldn't have just gone, oh, we're having a baby and we've got to go to Bethlehem. Well, that'll, well, tell you what, let's leave it until, I don't know, just before Jesus is due. We'll leave, we'll leave it to the week before, shall we? Because there's no point going early. Um, and then we'll head down. We're bound to find somewhere we don't need to book in. There'll be a space. No. They will have... They'll have been told about it. They'll have had to make preparations to travel. I don't know whether Mary sat on a donkey or not. I suspect that would be very uncomfortable if you were pregnant, riding up and down on a donkey or whatever it might be. Tell me otherwise if you've experienced it. They'd have got, it's, where, it's where Joseph was from. There'd have been family there. And, and okay, so traditionally the, the way that the way that the word has been translated is to in. Other translations actually might say kind of guest house or a guest room even. There was no space in the guest room. So when family turns up, I don't know if you've got family coming this Christmas, maybe you've prepared for them and you've been able to say, do you know what? Yep, you could stay in the spare room, no problem at all. Maybe you've got so many coming, you've got them in the spare room, you've put some in the lounge, on the sofa, maybe they're sleeping in the shed or wherever else. Maybe you've got a caravan and you've turfed them out there. Or maybe you just don't have the room and you've said, it would be great to see you, come for lunch. We'd love to see you, but could you stay in the Holiday Inn just down the way? They're bound to have beds because it's big. But you make plans. Mary and Joseph will have made plans and they'll have travelled down and they'll have gone, well, someone will put us up because that's what you do. But of course, everybody's travelled down and then it's a bit tricky. And they didn't go, oh, well, we've got a stable round the back on the small holding. It will have been part of the house. I have an aunt and an uncle who used to live in a house in England that used to have a bit in it 
which was the stable kind of thing. And so at the front of the house, they had, it would have been the living room. Then in the middle of the house, they'd have brought the animals inside. I don't know which animals they might have had. They didn't when I was there. And then they had an upstairs area. And around the kind of bit where the animals were, it was open at the top, but there was like a, a balcony bit you could walk all the way around. And I suddenly went, oh, it would have been a bit like that. And they'd probably have turfed all the animals out and cleared it up a bit and gone, okay, you can sleep here. So it's not ideal, but you're not like in a barn out the back with some pigs and cows and whatever else. Because when was the last time you went to a stable and it had all the animals in anyway? They, you know, if you go to a farm, they mix them up, they spread them out. There's reasons for that. But we like in our nativity sets to put them all in together. And we make it very, kind of easy story. But it's not an easy story. Perhaps as you were singing, O Little Town of Bethlehem, you noticed at the end some pictures came up on the screen. I don't know about you, I don't know if, if this is how you imagine what Bethlehem was like, with the star shining there brightly in the sky... If it was like that, I do not know how the Magi worked out where to go. I mean, yes, I'd see that star, but it kind of covers the whole place. We're told that it rested over the place where the baby lay. So there must, it can't have been so over-the-top bright that A, it just burnt everyone up, and B, that it was kind of covering the whole area. But there must have been some confusion, because they did go... To Herod first. Perhaps you've got that image. Perhaps you've got this lovely one of the shepherds. And uh, they've got a little fire going. And it's, all, it's quite an easy life being a shepherd. And they just, they're set up on the hill having a camp out. And then they, the angels appear and they head on down the hill. Maybe, oh, two at a time. Maybe you've been to Bethlehem. I've not been. I would love to go. If anyone wants to buy me a ticket to send me there. And back again. Um, that would be great. Um, I'd love that. Um, I'm not begging. Don't feel you've got to do that. I will find my way there one day. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you've seen a picture like this. And you go, oh, Bethlehem. Yeah, I mean, it's changed over the years. But, you know, you can still kind of work out that it's different from here. Maybe you've watched the news recently. And you've seen images of Bethlehem. And you've seen pictures like this. Or like this. Or like this. This is kind of daily life in the Middle East, and particularly in and around Bethlehem. This is an uncommon sight. Do you know what? I've never seen this in real life, and I have to give thanks that I've never seen this in real life. Perhaps some of you have. I was trying to find the least kind of um, evocative picture that Embrace had of a child that they worked with. But this is a child that lives in that area somewhere. This is what they're going to grow up and see and hear and experience. They will know that if they want to go to certain places, they have to go to a checkpoint. And if you're from one side of a particular wall, you can go back and forth, no problem. If you're from the other side, not so easy. And you've got to plan your journey and you might not expect to get through. And you're going to hear explosions and 
we're going to see military. Hmm. I don't know if you can read what it says on there. The thought bubble of uh, Trump is, I'm going to build you a brother, graffitied on a wall. I don't know that you can get a perspective of the size of the wall from that image because the person is close up and the wall's behind and it kind of makes it look like, oh, you could just jump over it. No. That, that wall, oh, is, is the height of the church easily. And it goes all the way along the border and cuts through areas because that's where the border is. And there's checkpoints where you'd get stopped by the military and so on and so forth. Don't know if you know the relevance of this Christmas tree. We've got ours at the back that's looking a bit dishevelled now from being moved around and knocked and so on and so forth. That's what happened. This Christmas tree is the Bethlehem Christmas tree. And a Christian woman said we should turn the lights off. Because of... The conflict that's arisen because of Trump's decision to move the embassy, the US embassy, back. And so they said, we need to turn the lights off. We need to do something in unity across all faiths. And so there's Christians and Muslims and Jews of all different sorts living and working beside each other. We don't hear about that so much. And actually together they said, yeah, we should. So they said, we'll turn the lights off. I could imagine there was a bit of an outcry. I imagine if I said, we're not going to have a Christmas tree in church anymore. There's certain people that would go, oh well. There's some people I suspect, you've got to have a Christmas tree. It's tradition. It's part of what we do. You can't not have a Christmas tree. How would it be Christmas without a Christmas tree? I think it could be Christmas quite straightforwardly without a Christmas tree. But that's just me. I'm less bothered by a Christmas tree. Now, took away something else. Maybe a Cadbury selection pack. Then I'm thinking, you can't take them away. You can't have Christmas without a Cadbury selection pack. Or whatever it might be for you. And so we have the happy Christmas from Bethlehem. You get a better perspective of the size of the wall there. So I ask the question, whose kingdom... You see, because back in all the readings that we've had so far this evening, it was essentially about men going, we want this bit of land. God's promised us this. We'll have that bit. We know what we want. We know the way we want it. You see, the wise men, or the magi, they were intelligent people. But they'd come from a different land. And... and It's likely, so I'm told, that they probably travelled a couple of years. It wasn't that they went, oh, there's a star. Means something significant. Let's follow it. Oh, look. Two days later, we've reached the newborn baby. They'd have had a long journey. They've travelled from, all we know is the east. I don't know where. We don't know that bit. And it probably wasn't three of them. They just had three gifts. And if... They were as rich and wealthy as it makes out in the story because they bought gold and frankincense and myrrh. And that Herod wanted to listen to them. 
they probably arrived with somewhat of an entourage. They weren't just like three people that had gone, well, they've got these things, we'll just take them, we'll take them. And we'll follow the star and see what... They, they had a present about them. And they rocked up, first of all, in the wrong place because they went to the place where the earthly kingdom was. They went to where Herod was. And Herod was king, and whatever you might think of Herod, that's how it was. And so they turned up to him because they still had in mind that they well, of course, this newborn saviour, this king must be born in a palace. Surely that's the way it will be. And then, of course, you've got Herod. And he's like, another king? No, no, no. We'll, we'll see about that. Tell you what, you go find him, let me know where he is, and then I can go and visit. We don't often preach the bit that happens after Christmas Day where a lot of children die. We, like, we kind of gloss over that bit. But Herod had his mind set on an earthly kingdom. I'm the king of this place. This is mine and I will own it. And if there's someone else coming in my way, well, I'll get rid of them. And then there's the shepherds. Nobodies. You don't become a shepherd if you are somebody. You do a shepherd if you're a nobody. It's, you can go do that job. It's smelly and you're out on the hills. And, and the angels appear to them. I like to think, because we don't know... That actually that all happened probably nearer the time that when Jesus was born. Because I imagine that Jesus is born on earth, which is part of God's big plan. That the angels were just completely excited. They didn't leave it and go, well, we'll wait two years because wise men aren't coming yet. I suspect, I suspect they got a bit overexcited and went, we've got to go. And God went to the shepherds. And off they went. After they'd heard the message. And they're told, you'll find him lying in a manger? Are you, sh- are you sure? But do you know what? They wouldn't have gone if he was in a palace. If the angels had said, oh, well, you'll find shepherds. Could you just go to the palace? They'd have been like, there is no way. There is no way we're going there. We won't be welcomed. And so Jesus is born, whatever you think the stable looked like, he was born in this place that was Kind of ordinary. Wasn't full of wealth. And his parents perhaps slept on a floor. But they'd have been looked after. Because they'd have been around family. In a place where it was okay for shepherds. The nobodies. The people that were rejected from society. To still turn up. And knock on the door. And maybe they brought a lamb. Went, here you go. Have a lamb. Because God had a plan that was different to how we would plan things. If I was making a plan, I would think, right. Well, we're trying to work things out here as a church, to be fair. The building's got issues. Going to need to get them fixed. Needs a bit of money. We could do with some more people. All that sort of stuff. All the usual stuff. And if I, was, if I had a plan, what I'd do is, right, we need someone wealthy. Let's start with the wealthy folk. Get them in. They can pay for the thing. And so on and so forth. I suspect if we did that, 
There's a whole bunch of people that wouldn't come. But God had a plan to put his son in the place that ordinary people would meet him. And he walked amongst the down and outs, the people that society rejected, because his kingdom is different. It's not about Jerusalem. It's not about England or Egypt being the best nation. Let's make Britain great again or whatever. His kingdom is a kingdom of laying down one's lives. Of being willing to say, you know what, we've got all this stuff for Christmas. It all looks pretty. We couldn't have Christmas without a carol service. And we couldn't have Christmas without a tree or present. Or we couldn't do whatever it is that you do, you do that's so important. And about leaving our world. Leaving our little kingdom. Maybe our house or our town. Leaving our hopes and our dreams and our desires and our expectations And saying, I will lay down my life, just like Jesus, who was born, he laid down all the glories of heaven. And born into this stable. And I wonder who the people are today. That if Jesus was born today, who would the shepherds be? Because, to be fair... I've not met a shepherd recently. I wonder who they'd be. Who are the folks that aren't welcome, usually? That wouldn't be welcome if they came to the church, or to our homes, or to the palace. Because God's kingdom isn't about us building stuff up for ourselves. It's about a little baby, completely vulnerable, crying, needing a change of nappy or whatever they used, completely reliant on his mum and his dad, and growing up and giving up his life. So that we might live. I enjoyed as I was listening to the readings. It's funny how when somebody else reads. That you notice things that you don't notice when you're reading yourself. And I think it was Rosemary that read the reading. That said and Joseph had a plan. To secretly kind of leave Mary and kind of. It took an intervention from God to stop that happening and he sent an angel. Whereas Mary didn't have some other plan. She said yes. And how that contrasts. Because Mary said yes and listened to God. Whereas Joseph said, "Mm, I do the right thing here 
by man. And God says no. So this Christmas, and perhaps into the new year, I wonder if you will be building up your own kingdom, making sure everything's just so, just right at home, just right in your house. Got to make sure that's right first. Or perhaps a bit further afield into work or church. Or whether, like Jesus, you're prepared to be vulnerable and seek to build God's kingdom that is a little bit different and a bit upside down from the one that we tend to think of. Amen.